0: I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL. I did. I totally laughed out loud. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. <laughs> is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cage. Run right around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is
1: life. This is This, this, is, this is life. life. This is Life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. My name's Dwight Bain, and today, as your guest host on Life with Lisa Williams, I have the distinct opportunity, the real privilege of being able to interview Lisa Williams, which would be shocking, except we're on a podcast called, and a show called Life with Lisa Williams. But this is actually, she's in the wrong chair. So her disorientation has been attributed to her jet lag, because yes apparently lisa went on a trip and lisa i know that some of our listeners and they tune in at different times and they're at the gym or maybe they're you know just running errands or they're listening in their car or they're listening on the radio in the car uh you know wherever they're at uh mm-hmm. some people though have not kept up with the fact that you really did just get back from a long trip yes. to another part of the world where did you go
0: I was in India. By the way, you're doing a great job as the host. I just wanna, you know, say that off the very it's, it's great of the chair. Job. I'm in I'm in
1: your chair. So it's it's pretty <laughs> it's easy. It's like I feel so <laughs> empowered. I feel like I have more hair. I, I'm just I wanna laugh for no reason and eat little mini sticker bars. Do you have any of those? I'm I looking for hair. them. I don't see where are they?
0: Funny. Okay, okay, okay. Um I went to India, which is far, far away. And being um just a fun loving American girl, I never really studied India or even where it was on a map. I just knew it was over there. And so when it was time for me to go, I looked at a map and said, oh, it's between Africa and China. I mean, it is way over on the other side of the world.
1: And it is big.
0: It mm-hmm. It is. One of, the,
1: one of the biggest countries and one of the biggest populations in the world. So had you ever been to India before?
0: No, I had not. I've been to Europe, I've been um, south to South America, to Peru, Central America. I've been to Panama, I've been to Canada and stuff like that. but no, I had never, ever been
1: there. So you get out of the airport because you know airports kind of a lot of them look alike, but once you get outside the airport, mm-hmm. what did you experience? What did it smell like? What did it look like? What did it sound like? Walk us as the the listeners. Through the experience of I'm walking out to a car and I am in a different part of the world. I'm not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) This is not Kansas. (laughs) Uh,
0: So after a 16-hour flight, you know, you're a little off um, because it's a long flight. And, um, you know, after five or six hours, you're thinking, I still have 10 more hours. You know, it's just a long flight. And so when I got off, it reminded me a little bit of being in Mexico or someplace in South America at first. Um, But then after we got in the car, our driver, you know, he was trying to tell us, no, I'll get your bags. No, I'll, I'll push the button on the elevator. And he was speaking Hindi. And so that was like, ooh, that's different. Then we got in the car and it was muggy and hot and late at night. Um... And he his steering wheel was on the wrong side, so that was my first like okay, that's weird uh, and so um then we began to drive towards we were in Mumbai, which the British called Bombay because they couldn't say Mumbai, and so it's Bombay for some people, but then they're changing it back to Mumbai because the Indian people want it to be the the true name that they had for it, which is Mumbai. And big, big city. We start driving very fast. And the, the driving is like, um, somebody equated it to a song. It's like weaving and people walking and lots and lots of traffic. And so I'm just looking out the window late at night, trying to drink in all the sights and sounds. It was muggy. It didn't smell funny, but it didn't smell like home. And the driving was fast. And I'm just trying to observe you know, like a computer brain, I'm trying to process the information. Yeah, you're you just trying lo- to figure out
1: what's going on. Did yeah, you go by yourself or did you go with a team?
0: I was with a team from India Partners. And in Newark, I hooked up with Katie, who has been to India 25 times. Oh, my. So she is just a little older than me. I mean, she's just a little everything more than me. She's just a little older, a little more beautiful, a little more talented, a little more well-versed in God's word, a little more anointed, a little more everything. She's just amazing. And wow. so she, she was on the plane with me the entire time. And, um, what a gift. I was able to, uh, what a gift. That's what she is. She was like a present got set down in front of me. And when I left, that's what I said to her. You are a gift that God has yeah. given me. And so she kind of got me ready. And was there for me every step of the way with questions to protect me, to make sure I was hydrated, make sure I ate the right foods, introducing me to culture, food, clothing. Um, So Katie and Stephanie and also Tammy and Brian, that was my team.
1: All right. So you're working with this team from India Partners Mm -hmm. and you're going to India for what purpose? Because remember, we're just sitting here in the coffee shop or wherever somebody's listening to life with lisa williams in fact if you just joined us we're on life with lisa williams finding out about (laughs) why lisa went to india so you went there to do some early christmas shopping or you know why india what was the purpose that was so that was such a good
0: host little transition you're just doing a fine fine job it's the chair chair i'm sitting in if you just joined us is my favorite part because that means they would have somehow gotten in halfway through the the show i don't know how they did that but that was very radio i liked It, it yeah it's very radio (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I was invited by India partners to go along on this team. So specifically, I could see the safe house that they run for little girls who have been rescued from the brothels. So they were born in the brothels. And their moms made this huge sacrifice by saying, yes, my daughter can now go live there. They actually, the moms sign away their rights so that their daughters can have a different life. Oh and my. it's a huge sacrifice because I met many of the commercial sex workers. I met many of them, spent many, many hours with them, um, went into the brothels, deep within the deepest parts of M- Mumbai, you know, driving and driving and driving and driving and past many slum areas and also many beautiful areas. And then you keep going until you're in this area. And then we went deep into the brothels and I saw these moms with their children. And in some ways it's the only love that they have. That's a pure love. That's a, you know, unconditional love. They love their children. So many stories, Dwight, but, but suffice it to say, I went to see a safe house where young women live and are raised outside of the oppressive uh, sex trade. And so that was the main reason I went, but I I saw much more
1: than that. So you and I, um, although we share a lot of things, the most powerful thing we share is our faith in Jesus Christ. And in the United States, because there's a church on every corner and people Mm -hmm. have pretty much grown up around, you know, you know, people win an award on TV. They thank God. I mean, this is a very Judeo Christian kind of place and there's some places maybe more than others, but so now you're in another part of the world and you're deep, deep into the darkness of people who um, are, are, you know, kind of in this sex slave, you know, slavery. And in the middle of all that, You also have the light of Jesus Christ inside of you. So what happened to your faith, Lisa Williams, in the middle of a very dark place, in in the middle of a very dark culture, where was Jesus?
0: Okay, so you just hit the nail on the head of the main difference. Um, I've often chided the comment that we're a Christian country, because I'm always like, what does that even mean? But now I understand what they mean. Um, Because I, that was the thing I noticed first, even that first night that you asked me about. What I perceived was, this is not America. This is not a young place like America. This is thousands and thousands and thousands of years. This is an ancient civilization. And it is layered with Hinduism, which is the number one thing. We went, actually, during the week of Diwali. Diwali, it's their um, big Hindu... uh, a holiday, and I mean things are closed, it 's a five day holiday, lots of fireworks, lots of lights, but Hinduism, Buddhism, um, a lot of Islam there, and Christianity, all of that, especially Hinduism, is so much the culture for thousands and thousands of years. So you perceive that, you can 't help but perceive it all around you. So my American brain, Dwight, thinks, well, there's sex trafficking, well, th- we just need to stop it. I mean, we need to develop a program. We need to build some momentum. We need to get, we need to end it, right? That's what we do, right? We're Americans. Yeah, do a
1: TV special, you know, get Marie Shriver and, you know, get on it. (laughs)
0: Let's get on it. I mean, we are trained from our upbringing that we overcome, we hit our goals, we reach for the stars. We're Americans. Like, we, that it's in our DNA. And so, Suddenly, I'm I'm walking into this brothel area where there are 1,500 sex workers in this particular brothel. 1,500. My gosh! It just goes on and on and on. You know, the, the, I I I don't know how to describe it with words. I mean, it's it's just I don't That's know like how to the describe size it with of a gymnasium. Words. I don't know how to describe it with words. It's just you're walking through these streets with women everywhere and people, and it's okay. So. When I got to the brothel area, here's what I was feeling. I don't want to be here. That's what I kept saying on the inside.
1: I wish I wasn't here. Made you nervous? Made you uncomfortable?
0: Made me uncomfortable. I thought, I can't call my husband. I can't call 911. Why why did I come on this trip? These are the thoughts in my head. Why am I here? I wish I wasn't here. I didn't say anything to anybody. I just thought that several times as we were getting out of the car. And then I just put my – and I was safe because I was with a group of people group of local ministers who minister in this area, my team, we're all together. So I just basically put my eyes on the ground and followed the person in front of me until we got into this little room. We walked a long way and we got to this little room and in walked this beautiful woman who works um, for the ministry there. And I saw Jesus like that. I mean, I felt connected to her and she began to tell tell us a little bit, you know, she spoke a little English, but with translation too, she was telling us. And then we prayed together, we prayed for her. And I felt as, as, as home as I do right now in my house, I just felt comfort and peace, like this woman was full of Christ. And she lives in these brothels so that she can minister to these women. Because wow. there's, no, there's no grabbing them and getting them out. There's no. This is
1: nowhere for them to go.
0: Where would they go? It, it's like my brain is trying to conceptualize that. What do you do when there's darkness? You shine light. And so she's given her life in a situation that none of us would like. I was saying, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. But there, in the middle of it, is this beautiful. She was so much like Christ, white. She and her husband, her husband works in prison ministry and she works in the brothels ministry. And so then after we had about 10 minutes with her, the women started coming in. You know, they're, they're prostitutes. They're commercial sex workers and they, they're, they start coming in and sitting down on the floor and their children are with them and some are old and some are young and they're squeezing in and squeezing in. And so then my team leader, the wonderful Katie, <laughs> Katie starts, you know, greeting them and and welcoming them and then saying we're all gonna introduce ourselves and then Lisa's gonna speak. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Wow. (laughs) And so with a translator, we begin, well, this wonderful woman, this Christ-like woman, she pulls out some bongos and she starts playing them and singing and everyone starts singing and they can you can tell they know these Christian songs. So it's almost like a Bible study, like a cell group of women in the midst. And you know who I thought mm. of? I thought of Jesus. I thought of those verses that says, what, what's wrong with him? He hangs out with the prostitutes. And I thought, that's wow. because they need love. And they're so unassuming. They're so broken. This is who they are. This is their life. And they're there with their children. And this is the life that they live. And we sang and sang and sang and sang. And then we introduced ourselves. And then I had about 20 minutes of where I shared parts of my testimony and um, talked about the struggles that I've been through in my life and how when pain is insurmountable, Jesus wants to sit with us in our pain, like the message of my life over the past year and a half, right? Yeah. And so I was able to share that with them and uh, really feel like I connected with them and I was honored to share. And then we began a prayer time where we laid hands on them and prayed for them. And um, then I brought some gifts that I'd gotten like at a family Christian store, some necklaces that, says, that said, treasured, beloved of God. And I had just enough, God is so faithful, I had just enough to mm-hmm. pass out to the women there and I had bracelets that said, God loves you for children. And I had just enough, I mean, just enough for all the children wow. who were there. And so then we just loved on Loaves them. Loaves and fishes. Yeah, right?
1: So you, you, you speak and did they respond to this, Lisa? I mean, you know, here you are—an American woman. Um, you're taller than the average woman, so I imagine, you know, in that culture, mm-hmm. you're probably taller than them. Yep. Did they respond to you? Could you tell if they, through the interpreter, were impacted by your message?
0: That was one thing I noticed every time I spoke, and I spoke every day. I spoke to the ministry workers on Monday. I spoke in the brothels on Tuesday. Um, I spoke again to, at the children's home on Tuesday. Wednesday we had the day off. Thursday, we all ministered again because we had like a picnic at the, um, Arabian Sea. We, uh, the ministry team had rented a home and the commercial sex workers who were allowed to leave, um, a large group of about 20 took a bus in and we had almost like a camp meeting with the women, um, uh-huh. on Thursday. And then Friday, Um, with all of the Christians who work in this ministry, all came together for like a final meeting. And what I found is every time I spoke, it was like everyone was on the edge of their seat with their eyes. They were listening. They were drawing almost on the words coming out of me. They were hungry and thirsty, and they needed a word. They needed to be reminded of God's faithfulness. They needed to hear about Jesus in full color. And because, as Dwight knows, and many of you who listen to the podcast know— I have been walking in a deeper place with God through my own personal suffering and my own deep desire to be saturated so I I was ready, you know? I was ready to talk about Jesus and and to be being in the river of God and being fully saturated for ministry or to know that he is there in suffering. And so so yes, I do feel like they listened and then during the prayer times, you know, they would come to me and say, You know, pray for me. You know, I have AIDS, and my son has AIDS or um, HIV. Or they would say, "I don't want to do this anymore. Pray for me that I can be set free." Or Uh. you know, just asking for different things and then laying hands on them and praying and kind of—I don't know how to say it other than to say it—feeling the power of God as I would pray for them, like He loves them. You know, He loves them. He does. He doesn't think the way we think. He loves them and sees them and wants them to be free. Whether or not they're going to be free from that brothel, I don't know, but they can be free in the brothel. So
1: So. Jesus died for them, just like he died for people in the US. But I have to ask you, Lisa, before we run out of time, you spoke to them. They were impacted. They were touched. They were changed. You saw things. So How did this impact you? You got on a plane, you came back to the United States, flew back into U.S. airports where there's a Starbucks on every corner, where there are Americans fussing because they're unhappy about this or that, and somebody's gossiping about what someone said on Facebook. So you come back into this culture. How did this trip for a few days to see how thousands of these women live How did Lisa Williams' come back changed?
0: You know, seeing the culture, seeing the children, seeing the girls at the safe house, being, you know, accosted by beggars on the street constantly, you know, being asked to buy things on the street constantly. It was very overwhelming to my senses. Um, Being fatigued, I'm not in good shape, I'm sad to say. And so, you know, being fatigued physically, all these things as I come back. And my first thought is very selfish. My first feelings were, oh, thank God, I'm back in America. Thank you, God, thank you, God. <laughs> because it just felt like, oh, I'm I'm in Newark. Oh, I can see the New York skyline. Oh, you know, <laughs> I mean it was just like, oh, I'm talking to Americans. So that was just this sense of relief because I am an American to be back on my soil. Then I was accosted with images from Paris and and thoughts about ISIS. And so these thoughts are kind of infiltrating my thoughts. And then on my first flight leg, I sat next to a woman who asked me what I'd been doing. And I told her I'd been to India and that I visited the brothels. And she revealed to me that she was um, an American-born person who lives in London, married to a Syrian who is um, is Islam now. And so she and I talked for a couple hours (laughs) about ISIS and Islam and the Syrian exodus so that was kind of my re-entry. Like I'm I, I, this is how I feel like I changed. right? I'm more aware of the world. I came out of my perfect little Denver bubble with my perfect little schedule and my perfect little, you know, car and my perfect clothes and, you know, my my Starbucks and this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? And I went somewhere else. And so now I feel like I'm elevated in my thinking. It's like it elevated me. So I'm more aware. I'm aware of truth. I'm aware of bondage. I'm aware of pain. I'm aware of deep strongholds that I can't comprehend. And so then to come back and immediately start looking at ISIS, and in the past I'd be like, oh yeah, there's always stuff in the Middle East, whatever, ISIS. No, I didn't feel that way. I was like, I want to talk about Syria. I want to talk about the refugees. I want to talk about it what It pulled I you out started. of the bubble. It pulled me out of the bubble. That's what it did. It pulled me out of the bubble. And I saw things and I felt things, and now I'm changed.
1: Okay, so what would you say to our listeners today who have heard this story? What would you say to them about how to pray, about you know if they have an opportunity to travel with India partners or support India partners? And full disclosure, I know that they help underwrite the show, of course, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's still something that you believe in or they wouldn't be here. So what Mm -hmm. would you say to a listener about an opportunity to do what you just did, because it sounds kind of scary, to be honest.
0: Now that I've seen the workers who were there, the Christian workers, these beautiful men and women with their beautiful skin and their big brown eyes and their beautiful clothes and their fervency for Christ Jesus in the midst of all that darkness, my first call to action would be, anybody want to support them financially, you don't have to go there. They're doing it. They're in prisons. They're in girls' homes. They're in boys' homes. They're in a reconciliation ministry of people who've been lost from their loved ones, helping them find them. They're doing the work. They're in the brothels. They are doing the work. So support them financially because they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. Why not, right? If you have the means, lifewithlisawilliams.com. Click on India Partners and integrate your life into theirs because it's worth it. It's right. They're there. It's good. That's my first thought. My second thought is... For the love of God, do what you're called to do on the planet because times are dark. And if we live in the bubble and we just cater to the bubble and just making sure that we are creature comforted out till the grave, we're missing the bigger picture of why God created us. So get healthy, get strong, get free of your own strongholds, and then walk in a rare life A rare life that breathes Jesus into everyone around us, whether you're listening in New York, or you're listening in Florida, or you're listening in Denver, or you're listening in California, or if you're listening in India, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. You are to be what you're called to be wherever you are. So my call to action would be get get free and be who God's called you to be right where you are like that beautiful woman who goes to the brothels you know just like her we all have a calling so so walk in that and get free that would be my second
1: call I like option.
0: it yeah
1: I like it well you've been listening to Life with Lisa oh. Williams my name is Dwight Bain I'm your guest host today uh, <laughs> the regular host will be back tomorrow and uh, I think we'll be interviewing Jay Leno about anti-cars <laughs> and other important things this You're was fun. The
0: best. You're the best. Thanks for pulling all of that out of me. Thank you, Dwight. I love your show. I listen every day.
1: Well, that's why we call it Life with Lisa Williams because, uh, you know, it's about how to be more like Lisa. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Not. Uh, I love okay. you.
0: I love you too. Thank you so much. I have tears in my eyes. Um, you Life have with
1: tears in your eyes. I love you. LifewithlisaWilliams.com and hashtag Thanks for listening. Did I do a good job? You did such a good job. You're such a good guest. We we have to have you on again. Have Have her on again. Can you schedule her? Yeah, they're going to have you on again. Okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye.